Sweet. Uh, hey, everyone. Uh, today we are here with Tony Piccoli from ISD or Imminent Sonic Destruction. Uh, Tony, thank you for being here. Uh, yeah, man. Greatly appreciate it. Big fan of the band since um, since I saw you guys with Battlecross. Uh, it was a few years ago. I couldn't even tell you exactly when. Back in the day. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you guys are working on a new album. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We are uh, we're pretty deep into the process. Um, I mean, uh, like, you know, all instruments recorded, that whole thing. And uh, now we're looking to uh, record all of our vocals. And that'll be a process, you know, with all of our vocal harmonies and stuff. But yeah, we're we're making some really good progress. Probably the quickest we've ever made an album, to be honest with you. Oh, right on. So how long have you been working on it so far? We were, we... It was like late summer, early fall, I think, maybe definitely fall when we went to go record the drums out in Grand Rapids uh, with our uh, good friends, Nick Hagen and Ross Morgan. And it was Ross's studio. We all got together, recorded, uh, recorded the drums and um, yeah, went back a, like a couple weekends later, knocked out all the guitar parts. We did the bass that weekend, the same weekend we did the drums. So, you know, we just kind of been chipping away at it ever since. Right on. Well, I mean, I'm sure you guys have a lot going on. Jobs, band, regular life stuff. All the normal, yeah, stuff, yeah. work, life. Yeah. Yeah. But, life. but you know, I mean it's it's the last album that we made, you know, we were we were working on it, started recording it, and then just uh COVID happened. And uh <laughs> I mean it wasn't you know, wasn't much we could do about that. So this no. one's been nice. It's been nice to be able to just be like, you know, hey, when are we get back together again, you know, we book it and then boom, we, we're done. Next part. When did you guys start writing for this album? Um, Some of these songs are actually pretty old. Like I would say 2018 or so, 2017, 2018. Um, I, it's a couple songs that I initially wrote that, um, I didn't think were like ISD songs, <laughs> but, um, and I mean, I completely skipped the whole album. Like that's how long I've been sitting on a, a handful of these songs, like three songs, I think, but I brought them to the band and, uh, we kind of made them sound more like ISD songs, um, which is cool. And, uh, and then of course there's, uh, some newer stuff that, um, I started writing, uh, probably uh, about a year ago or so. And then Pete's got a couple that he brought to the table. And um, yeah, so really, we really started working on this thing about a year ago. Okay. Just using songs that I wrote years ago. <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes you need that, right? Some of that, that's as a, you know, for a musician, you I think right. you guys are always going, right? It's like, yeah, oh, I got yes. my guitar. Cool riff, you know? Right. Or, or if it's not like I'm always riffing or I'm, uh, I'm at least always thinking about kind of like the next song or the next album or like, you know, the next concept even. Like what do I want to do next? Uh, that sort of thing. So. so do you guys like I know the music is very uh, I'm going to call it proggy. Yeah, for uh, sure it is. <laughs> you know, it's there's definitely some dream theater elements in there that I, I catch. Um sure <laughs> man god that that's a throwback dream theater um yeah so what um 
I guess on that, you know, who are some of the, the biggest um, influences for you as a musician? Me personally, uh, I mean, I, I, my first love was Nirvana. Uh, you know, I grew up as you know a kid in the 90s and uh, it was Nirvana and Green Day and Offspring and then eventually Metallica, you know, Alice in Chains. And then um, as I started learning guitar, I wanted to get like better at guitar. So I wanted mm -hmm. to learn how to play more difficult stuff. And that's where Metallica came in. And then that's when like I discovered Dream Theater and then like symphony X and stuff like that. But at that same time, I started to, to really get into like classic progressive rock bands like Genesis and yes. And King Crimson. So, um, those are kind of all my influences, M more modern influences. I would definitely say like Devin Townsend or Meshuga, mm. um, Frank Zappa now, nowadays, I like, I finally got into Frank Zappa and uh, uh, although our music doesn't sound anything like what he's ever done, it's always, you know, you always kind of think of it, you know? Yeah. Well, like, Z Zappa, dude, he was like, that dude was just constantly going. Just an incredible, uh, talent's not even the right word, just like an incredible mind, I guess you could say, just the, the things that he can come up with and it's kind of sad knowing I would never be good enough to be in his band, <laughs> but I, I can still appreciate the hell out of how incredible they, they were every iteration, every band member. So. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, speaking of band members, right. Steve Vai, uh -huh. you know, the, the way he, he joined was just what a crazy story. Yeah. I was actually just telling Tony Asta that story last night we were oh. hanging out. And I was telling him, like, dude, you don't know the Steve Vai, Frank Zappa story in, a, in the whole, like, Linda Ronstadt line. I thought, now we talked, I think we talked about it when I did, when I talked with Finality, we talked about Frank Zappa and Steve Vai because yeah. uh, we brought up Steve Vai's Hydra. Uh-huh. Right? That, and that guy, like, the the creativity that, you know, those two alone had, not even... Yep. Not even including everyone else. Like that right. is a lifetime's worth of music. They're both aliens, dude. I mean, that, I, there's just no other way to put it. I mean, not only do they have the physical ability to play the way that they play, but then like the mind and then the ability to make that happen. What was in their mind, they can make it happen. Yeah. That's, that's some of my favorite stuff as far as music goes, you know? Yeah, that's, uh, you know, there was a period where I listened to a lot of uh, like Miles Davis and John Coltrane and, and you know, those guys too were, I, I'm still a huge, huge fan, right? Like uh, Coltrane had a song about his grandmother, I think, I'm going to say the name wrong, but I think it was like Naima or something. It's okay. N-A-I-M-A. And that song, every time it comes on, I'm like, shut up don't talk this is like <laughs> genius at work you know i don't think i'm familiar with that they say what n-a what i m a i'm gonna look it up when we're done oh yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> like you know the the just the way all of them that's why i like music right the oh, yeah. the creativity that comes out yeah and it's across the board the creativity to make the thing and then the ability to perform it too yeah. you know it's just like 
Uh, it's awesome. The, the gift of music, man. It's just, it's incredible. Yeah. I was kind of bummed. Uh, Dion came to see you guys in yeah. Cleveland. I was in Detroit at a show that night. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Hey Dion, you want to come? He's like, no, I'm going to see ISD. I'm like, ah, oh, damn. <laughs> uh, that's all right. Uh, it's cool to see him, man. I hadn't seen him in a while, you know, him yeah. and Michelle. So it's cool to see those guys. For sure. Yeah. It seems like they're doing good. I think we're going to go do the uh, headbangers boat in October. Yeah. He was saying they, uh, they, they got like tickets or whatever to go on that thing. I was telling him like, prepare for an awesome time. Uh, I've, I've done the music cruise thing once and it was uh, Mike Portnoy's progressive nation at sea. They called it. Yeah. And like, Every prog rock, prog metal band like ever played the damn thing. And it was like three days of being in tropical weather, sitting by a pool, and then going to see amazing musicians play. It was amazing. It's like, <laughs> I think that's what they call heaven. Yeah, pretty much, you know. Yeah, yeah something like that. That's that's pretty dope. Um, so you guys started, I think, in 07, right? That's right. Yeah. We were called Mellotron. <laughs> Mellotron. Have you got, has it always been the same members? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, since 2007, um, the only lineup change we ever had, um, Pat, our drummer, he, he had to bail, uh, to, you know, he, um, he had some stuff going on, some personal stuff. And he's like, and, and he quit music for like four months, five months or something like that. But in that time, we didn't know it was going to be a short period of time. And so we found a guy to replace him, uh, Dan Chapa, a local dude, great guy, good drummer, obviously. Mm. <laughs> and uh, um, But it got to a point to where um, Pat was, like, coming out of it. And he was like, actually, guys, like, I'm available. And so we just, like, brought him back in. And that was... See ya. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, and actually Dan knew Pat very well. The two of them have known each other for a long time. And so it, it was even Dan said something along the lines of like, you know, I think Pat's looking to get back into it. So I think you guys should bring him on board. <laughs> we were like, yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Obviously. Man. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, that's cool. And I, I think, uh, you know, when you're transitioning members to have, those two who are transitioning as friends, yeah. I, I, you know, that's a real, um, it's a unique. It's, it's unique. Cause it's, you know, no one's going to get butt hurt. You know what I mean? It's, it's just, you know, it was, I think in this particular situation where maybe Dan, although like loves us and loves playing the music was just kind of time-wise a little overwhelmed because we were looking to get busy as soon as possible we had like an out-of-town show in the works and uh you know a local show coming that we were rehearsing for and it was just kind of like pat started to become available again and it was just like ah guys like i don't know if i can do this you know and uh that's that's how we got pat back in the band after a few months off <laughs> right on yeah so the new album, is it going to be number five? Uh, it's going to be four. Okay. Our fourth one. Fourth. Which is, yeah, which is crazy. Well, we have a live album. You're right. You're right. Yeah. We have a live album. Fourth studio album, fifth album total. Um, 
six if you want to count our Mellotron EP okay. from uh, when we recorded that, which was 2010, maybe. That's a while ago. That's a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> that was a whole kid ago. Literally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, Pat's kids, you know, they were, and same with Pete. They're Both their kids were like little, you know, and now they're graduating high school. And actually, Pat's son uh, is, he, he's a, an electrical apprentice with me at my day job. <laughs> so, right on. Yeah, it's kind of wild how much time has passed, although it, it seems like it's flown, so. It always does, right? Uh, yeah. That old, the age old adage, time flies when you're having fun. I'm having a blast. Yeah. I'm just having a good time. Well, tell, you know, you can, you can tell it. Um, I've probably seen you guys only like two or three times, mm -hmm. but you enjoy yourself. You get off stage, you're happy, you know, a little tired, but you know, you're sure overall very very happy and i think you guys interact yeah. really well on stage and the music comes together and and it's uh it's this fucking awesome sonic soundscape <laughs> thanks man uh we do have a lot of fun up, up on stage it's kind of always been our thing um sometimes like i'll try to get the guys to laugh at by saying something ridiculous in between songs like my stage banter or like pete will be in the middle of a solo and uh, me and Scott will just go stare at his face, like get as close to his face as we can, you know. You know, we just we just have a blast up there. And obviously, it's like that's like what we that's why we do it. You know, we want to play it, we want to perform it. So yeah, yeah. Well, you got to have fun with it, right? It's not it Absolutely. can't all be like military, you know, so militant. Right. I mean, you know, I think sometimes we we walk that fine line of having too much fun and maybe, you know, fucking up a song or something, you know, yeah. like playing the wrong note or play, singing the wrong verse or in my instance, forgetting the verse sometimes, <laughs> you know, um, but, you know, I think that's kind of part of what makes our live show. Um, I don't know. I don't know how you describe it, but we have fun and I think a lot of people notice it and, it's like it's like high energy or whatever so for sure well yeah. you know i think when a band has fun on stage um and they interact really well you're good yeah. you, you gain more people right because people want to go and and have a good time they don't want the um i don't know oasis drama or right you know whatever other drama is going on yeah if people go see a band and they know the guitarist hates the singer like you know i guess you're there for the soap opera aspect but, right. Yeah, I guess. Days of our lives, band edition. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's so crazy. Um, yeah. How many songs are total going to be on the new album? Uh, we have recorded eight songs. This is so dumb. I I never remember the actual number. I have it here, though. I just actually, like I was saying, I was just talking about this with Tony the other day. I'm like, let's see. Yeah, it's eight songs. Here's our little checklist. Right on. <laughs> uh, which, you know, we were just working in here the other day. So I got to check some stuff off. But yeah, eight songs. And uh, we're definitely looking to release vinyl. Um, yeah, I mean, we wanted to for the last one, but the album's too long. Uh, and it's possible, but we just never, 
it just, uh, I don't know. We just didn't do it. We still can. Uh, but for this one, like we 100% are going to do vinyl. And so we got to keep it. I think it's like 42 minutes or less or something like that. So we have eight songs and a couple of them aren't going to make it on. <laughs> so we'll uh, see. Yeah. But well, that's, they're going to get used. They will be released at some point. Just they're, they're good. Pay attention to what, to, like what kind of vinyl you're releasing, right? Because that's that's something I, I talked with uh like Joe and Tony and Dan about mm -hmm. also is he's like, you know, if we do finality vinyl, we've got to cut cut songs. Well you don't necessarily have to. You just have to look at like double album, you know, like a, right. a double ten inch versus a single twelve inch. Right. And I I know that like you can get like is it i'm not a vinyl guy but isn't there like thicknesses of the vinyl mm -hmm. itself and that's kind of what determines how much space you get or something like that um Possibly. i know that like, master puppets like when it was originally released on vinyl it it was like super quiet because they had to like really squash it to get it to fit i i could be talking out of my ass my buddy kevin told me that i i think i'm sort of right <laughs> um you might be yeah, so I don't know. Um, you know, I, I'm a. I grew up in the era of CDs. Uh, I've never been a vinyl collector ever, but uh, I do definitely want this to be on vinyl. I mean, how cool is, would that be? Like, you get the big gatefold thing, and and you know, we work with Travis Smith, one of the best like art guys on the planet, and it'd be really cool to put his work on something big and tangible. You know. Yeah. So you want to do like maybe a big folded poster inside it? Shit, maybe. I mean, we're <laughs> we we haven't even made it that far yet. We're kind of at the basic art concept stage still. So that'd be cool, something like that. I mean, you know, it just kind of depends on what we can afford and what our resources are going to be at the time that we go to put this thing out. And so we'll see. I mean, I definitely want to try to do something special because. I mean, we, everything that we've done in the past has always been like a digipack, and um, we've always just tried to keep it really simple. But I think it'd be kind of cool to do something unique, you know, or something different, maybe even if it's just different for us. Yeah. Well, you know, that was one of the reasons I started. Um, I got into vinyl was you you'd get the inserts. Mm -hmm all the lyrics sometimes they just have this amazing artwork and you're like man i'm a nirvana guy also um bleach i had a buddy yeah. so i used to live in uh wayne had a buddy his name was dean battles mm -hmm. big metalhead my dad used to do leather for him so he turned me on to like Iron Maiden and, and what yeah. have you. And I'm like, yeah, this is so cool. As I got older, uh, God, I was probably 12, 13. Yeah. Ble Bleach came out. And I ran into him one day in the street and he's like, hey, I got this tape at the house. I think you'll like it. I don't like it. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah, check it out. Yeah, yeah, let's go. And I, I fell in love with it. And all my friends at the time, I, dude, I wore that thing out. They're all like, "That sucks." Oh my god, I can't believe you listen to that. Wow. And then Nevermind comes out, and they're like, 
this is the best band ever and i'm like oh come on dude you're I, you're like i was on them before before you yeah. even knew who they were right i'm like get with the times you guys are so behind the times shit did you did you happen to see them i mean i know you were young but did you happen to see them yeah. at the blind pig when they played there i did not yeah, yeah. i would have liked been, to that would have been wild oh that would have been dope uh, yeah i mean they, they were touring the country on bleach and they played the freaking blind pig. How cool is that? Yeah. 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 I feel like um someone told me they did an in-store at Rock of Ages, but I don't think that's true. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they got all those photos everywhere in there, and I don't know if I've ever seen. I feel like that'd be a big one they would put out. Yeah, I do too. You know, they God. wouldn't bury it in the corner. <laughs> now they're like, look at this. We were on top yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah, God. like Ken Rock. <laughs> they got him everywhere everywhere yeah he's a hometown boy though you know of course yeah, or was yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah yeah he probably moved to nashville with everyone else yeah yeah which is yeah you know nashville's good for what it is sure have uh you guys do a lot of weekend warrior stuff right mm-hmm. where uh how far away is the furthest you guys have traveled to play a show we actually did a one-off in oklahoma city and that was i don't know if that's the farthest because we did play st louis i feel like oklahoma city's farther it's much further Uh, i was gonna say it's gotta be (laughs) yeah Yeah, by the way everyone i'm an idiot um (laughs) um, yeah so we did we played oklahoma city for a one-off and we have traveled, I think, as far south as Atlanta. We have not played Florida or anything, but Atlanta we did play. Um, Oklahoma City show was interesting. Uh, we got there, and they were under a tornado warning. or There was no one at the show. <laughs> no one went out. Yeah, so <laughs> uh, we got 50 bucks, though, so it was worth it. Yeah, 50 <laughs> bucks for probably 16 hours in the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was all right. It was yeah. cool though. We, we played. So the reason why we played that show was because um, we actually made friends with this guy. His name's Clay Withrow. We met him when we were on tour with uh, Pain of Salvation, and um, he was doing merch for them. And we were asked to pick him up and basically give him, you know, the ride. He, like he was in a he was in a sit in our we rented an RV from a friend. So he was going to travel with us and turns out he's a pretty cool guy and turns out he's in a, a progressive metal band as well. And, um, so we went down and played the show with him and the idea was he would come up here to Detroit and play a show, but I actually haven't heard from him in years. So he was like, no one showed to this show. I'm not going up there. No, I, I think, I just think that they just kind of stopped being a, a band. I feel like I would have heard of them or from them by now. They were called Van Gogh. They're cool, man. That's pretty, that's a unique name. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What, um, I, what's the band that you saw live that just absolutely blew your mind? Um, well, Dream Theater blew my mind um, because, you know, <laughs> uh, 
that's what they did. They did it when I was listening to them on, on CD and then I finally saw them live. But beyond Dream Theater, I can think of one concert where I was just blown away by the entire lineup. Uh, well, except for the local opening band. So the, the lineup was Dream Theater headlining, Spock's Beard opening for them, Tiles opening for them. That, that's the band that, uh, they're, they're local to Michigan, but they've toured Europe and all that and across the United States. Pat DeLeon, our drummer, was in that band at the time that I was seeing this concert. So it's Dream Theater, Spock's Beard, Tiles, and then a very shitty local opener called, well, I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want to, <laughs> put them out on blast but they were they're not a shitty band but they were not a good fit for that lineup because we're talking about prog rock prog metal and i just it was one it was a summer evening it was beautiful out and every band kicked ass i had never heard a single note from tiles before and they just come out high energy you know it just notes all over the place and they kicked ass and i'm i'm lucky to call all those guys friends now and obviously pat being you know in a band with pat all the, all these years but uh and then spock's beard came out and they're like a kind of a more of a classic prog rock type of band but they were incredible dude they were all doing these like five part harmonies that were like um are you familiar with the band gentle giant another 70s prog rock band i'm not so, so they just do this crazy it's not just vocal harmonies where each guy is singing you know the same line and they're harmonizing different notes they were doing like different rhythms you know one guy was singing this and the other guy would be going like and then another guy would come in it was like this uh i don't it it's incredible and that blew me away that they did that and on top of it they were just fantastic they were playing their asses off and then dream theater came out and just their set list that for that show was awesome. It was when they were on their second leg of the Scenes from a Memory Tour. And they did songs like, they blended songs like New Millennium and Caught in a Web. And, uh, and then they finished their set with Learning to Live and then came out and played their 25-minute long A Change of Seasons as the actual encore. And <clears throat> I just remember sitting there and you hear the notes. John Petrucci starts playing the, the guitar opening and i was just like what? <laughs> you know? so that was like that was the concert that blew me away was that night 100 percent. and every, everyone in my band was there and like everyone i've ever met in this area that was that's into progressive music at all they were there it's it's awesome that's a that's a great experience to like share hell yeah it was it was incredible, man. I'm getting that, fired up thinking about it. That's awesome. Time to go to another Dream Theater show. Yeah. Hey, Mike Portnoy's back in the band, dude. I know. And I yeah. So we're gonna talk about being an idiot for a second. I I saw it and I posted it and I was like, oh man, that's so cool. And someone commented, uh Tim Smith, I think, commented and said something, and I said, Oh man, Dave Port Portnoy's awesome. And he's like, Who's Dave? And I, I'm like, oh man. Oh, yeah, you know, Barstool Sports. Yeah. Everyone uh, knows, you know, one bite, everyone knows the rules. Yeah, like to take eight bites. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. It's the best pizza I ever had. It's a three point two. Like what? Oh, shit. Damn, dude. 
<laughs> that's awesome. That, that dude cracks me up. I I was just like, ah, yeah, that. Forget I I said that. You guys, I didn't even delete it because it's like, look yeah. at me, I'm an idiot. Yeah. Well, you know, mistakes happen. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm super glad that that Mike's back with the band. Like that was. I don't know. I guess it was around pull me under when, when I found out about them. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of when a lot of people found out about, about them, you know, uh, their first album, you know, it was on a smaller label and stuff. And, and then they, you know, were looking for a singer. They almost, you know, they almost didn't have a singer and they were just going to release what was images and words. Uh, they were going to release it as like an instrumental album, but then they finally got, in contact with James Abree, and that's how that thing came together. So, oh, that's took cool. over the world for a minute. <laughs> yeah, that's like that's cool. Um, it wouldn't have did what it did without a vocalist. Hell no. Hell no. Uh, we're our no. pop pop culture is so like I gotta have you know guitar, bass, drums, some keys, mm -hmm. and a vocalist. Absolutely, especially vocalists, especially here. We yeah. need we need our vocal melodies and we want to sing along to it. So that's true. <laughs> uh, I found out about a band today. I was listening to, I was listening to the Absence on Spotify, and this band in Morning uh, popped up. Man, they are flipping. I think you'd like them. They're they're really awesome. What are they like? Um. I've seen the name before. Yeah, they're they're a little proggy, a little metally. Um, they've got some real gruff vocals, but some real complex instrumentation. Okay. Um, when, and you, it's, when you say gruff vocals, what do you mean? Like like death metal stuff? Yeah. Oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah, it's uh, like listening to the music and then the vocals come in. You're like, f. It's like it interrupts, right? You're oh. Like, Oh, that's kind of, it takes you a, from a, takes you a second. And then you're like, oh, that really works well with that. Like catches you by surprise. Yeah. yeah. Um, and morning is M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. Got it. I wrote that down. I was, right. I got it right. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. See, you're smart. Yeah. Real smart. Um, currently, what, what bands are, have your attention that you're like, listen to a lot? Uh, well, um, Big Wreck right now is, uh, and I knew who Big Wreck was, um, in, I don't know, I was in high school, I think 97, they released their first album, and I don't remember, it's the first song on the album, it got a ton of radio play, and I dug it back then, but I, I didn't, like, buy the album or anything, I just thought, I heard, every time I heard it on the radio, I was like, yeah, that's, that's a cool song, um, and I, I knew that they were still around, but, uh, I was on... Uh, I use YouTube music and I was on the app and it said new releases and it showed me big wreck. And I was like, Oh yeah, fuck it. Let's listen to this. And I put it on and I was just floored, dude. I was absolutely floored. Um, so I, I've been into that a lot recently. So they're new to me, although they're not new. And uh, Peter Gabriel's newest album. I've been listening to that a lot. And um, as far as new music, that's, that's what I've been into. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's all right. New, old, whatever, whatever you're yeah. listening to. I'm kind of also currently on a big King Crimson and Frank Zappa kick right now, which is awesome. <laughs> okay. 
Have you been, have you listened to Joe's garage the whole way? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That actually was like, I had Sheik your booty and I had like a, like a greatest hits, like a mix, uh, a compilation or whatever. Uh, and, and I liked both. Um, I did like Sheik your booty. I would listen to it occasionally. I loved the song, yo mama. Um, that was like the big, that's what sold me on Zappa was that song. Um, but then I, I, I streamed Joe's garage. I was like working. I was doing, uh, this is in my old house. I was like doing a basement remodel and like, fit, you know, putting up framing walls and shit. So I was just putting on whatever. And I'm like, all right, this might be a good time. And I put on Joe's garage. Everyone knows Joe's garage. And that album is what made me get Zappa. Finally, fully understand what we're dealing with here. And then it just kind of exploded. I think, uh, my, my drummer, Pat, I think he lent me or showed me live in New York from 1974, the song Titties and Beer. Mm. And I was just like, uh, that was it. I fell in love, man. Like now I have a ton of, ton of CDs and listen to them pretty regularly. Yeah. Don't become a vinyl collector, dude. You'll too much money. <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, as I stare at my vinyl collection, I'm like, oh, <laughs> Like, I feel do like you, I do you, like, do you sell a bunch of yours? No. Do you keep them all? Yeah. So I, my buddy, Kevin, uh, you know, from late lady Luna and the devil, he, he cycles them, man. So he'll like buy a bunch. And then if he doesn't listen to them regularly, discogs, see you later. Nope. Yeah. No, because there are times where, um, I, I'll get drunk. Mind you. <laughs> I've been sober since September right now. And I, I think it's pretty close to coming to an end, um, <laughs> but I'll, you know, I'll, I'll open up a crab, grab a beer or some bourbon or vodka, whatever yeah. I'm drinking and just start throwing records on. Yep. I've got everything. Yeah. I've got, uh, got Hank Williams, senior, junior, um, up to like some brand new death metal. It's sweet. It's a good array of everything. Uh, <laughs> and I'm kind of a completist. So if there's a band that I really, really dig, I will I have them all. Yeah. Like yep. I want every version. I don't care what it costs. Uh, I'm still the, the thing that's killing me right now is the, first pressing bleach yeah why is it I, killing you well because i've been uh -huh. watching like i was gonna buy it a few years ago but it was five grand and i'm like ah oh yeah i'm like oh that that's painful can you think think about this 15 years ago if you saw it in a store it would have been like five bucks you know that well you couldn't have found it 15 years ago in a store not the first pressing there were no. no, there were only um I think they did two thousand copies of it and it was white vinyl. Mm. Well, I, I only say that just assuming that like people got rid of their vinyl because for a, a while they, they were and vinyl was super cheap and no one sold it. Yeah. Well, like you know, something like that though, because there were so few, really the only people that had it were the people who were who are collectors and they're like yeah. You know, I'm not 
I'm not getting rid of it. I did find, uh, I got a pretty good deal on the second pressing. Uh, and I, I like that because it's still unmastered. It's not mastered. Mm -mm. Now when bleach was released, they didn't, they didn't master it originally. Like they, they legit spent, uh, $600 and you, you heard all the feedback, all the, all the bullshit. Um, and released it um it got it wasn't until i want to say about the time uh nevermind came out that they went back and remastered it no kidding yeah so so is my cd mastered then probably because you i assume you bought it in the last 20 or 30 years yeah i bought it when i was a kid yeah like i kind of want to go to my speedy rack and pull it out and take a look yeah. i'll wait though <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'll no. probably end up putting it on now that we've brought it up oh yeah i know me too i'm like no we're talking about nirvana i'm like okay i gotta listen to some nirvana before bed yeah um and they were you know that band is another one right they really um they interrupted what was i don't know why that's my word tonight um that's right they they really interrupted what the mainstream was mm-hmm People didn't know what to think, and they were uh, anti-prog. Oh, big time! <laughs> they were—they didn't like heavy metal either. Uh -uh. Um, <laughs> you know, I've I've got old school metalhead friends that like hate Nirvana because Nirvana marked the end of the uh, metal era. Whether or not it's hair metal, it, it still put an end to it, uh, which is yeah. fine with me. <laughs> yeah, I was hair metal guy. I did. I I've always dug it all, but I don't think they really put an end to it. They just it didn't top the charts anymore, right? Oh. Well, no, the kids like Nirvana. The kids like Soundgarden and Pearl Jam. I mean, that was an era, obviously, when if MTV was going to put it out, you know, that's that's what everyone was into now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the yeah. truth. Well, it was, you know. It, I guess we learned it from there, but you do the same thing with social media. Just shove it down your their throat, and yep. whether you like it at first or not, you'll eventually what, like that's, it. That's what's coming. Yeah. I, yeah. I've i got a, a buddy of mine just posted a picture today of a cover of There's Nothing Left to Lose. It's like a poster from Foo Fighters. And he was working at a record store here at and Foo Fighters came in and did an in-store and he, Dave signed the poster to the metal God, Brian, <laughs> Dave. And that's I was awesome. like, I was like, that's cool. That's uh, great. Funny little stories. Yeah. Uh, what, uh, what musician have you met that you're like, man, that was the best experience of my life. Um, well, you know, there's two eras of me meeting musicians. There's the fan era, and then there's the, I I got to meet them because um, I'm, you know, on tour or whatever. Uh, and and so I will say, well, I guess they were always, I never had, I've never had a bad experience, thank, thankfully. You know, you meet the whole meet your heroes thing. Mm -hmm. I did, like, meet Mike Portnoy, uh, right after Scenes from the Memory came out, he did an in-store at 
Motor City Guitar in Waterford. And, uh, you know, that was just kind of like, here's your line. Go get your stuff signed. Say say a couple of nice things to Mike Portnoy, and then you can leave and, or take a picture and leave. And, um, you know, he, you know, it's not like in that, that kind of environment, you're kind of more like a robot, you know. You're just signing autographs, picture, autograph, picture, autograph, picture. So yeah. uh, it wasn't like he was a dick or anything, but like it was just kind of like, eh. But one of the coolest experiences uh, meeting like a musical hero of mine was uh, meeting Devin Townsend when he was on tour with Strapping Young Lad. And I, at the time, was wearing a Devin Townsend like project shirt like his solo material that was separate from strapping young lad and um we me and my buddy tim we drove down to cleveland to go see strapping young lad this is when they released alien and um we got there super early that was our plan we wanted to get there super early be first ones in and we were just sitting there it's at peabody's we're just sitting there sitting against the wall waiting we are like three hours early and Devin and Gene Hoagland get out of the van with her bus, which was across the street. And it's walk right up to us. And Devin's like, cool shirt, man. I was like, thanks. That was it. <laughs> that was it. It was cool, man. You know, we were just hanging out and, you know, I don't know. What sucks is I left that shirt at the hotel. <laughs> so oh, I lost damn. that shirt. Yeah, I know. I was really kind of bummed out. Well, no. I'm sure you could go find one on eBay or something. Probably, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not the same shirt. Doesn't have that same memory. Nah, that's okay though. Gene's always uh so I've met Gene twice and he's always super, super nice. He's a tall son of a bitch. Yeah. 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 Um we we were where were we at? Cincinnati. We were seeing Testament Sepultura. Sweet. And wrong. Wow. What wow. uh, lineup? Oh, it was a yeah, it was a really cool lineup. Back in 2017, I took my daughter, who was ten or she was probably ten at the time. Wow. And Is that at Yeah. Sweet. We were out back waiting. Um, I had a buddy uh, working on on the crew, so it was like, hey, we're gonna come hang out, whatever. And so we're hanging out out back waiting for everyone just to come out. And here comes Gene. And I'm like, he sat there and like talked for a little bit. I'm like, God, this is so cool. He took a picture with my daughter and he's like, you want one? I'm like, no, I really want her to have the picture because right now she thinks this sucks. You know, when she gets older, (laughs) she's going to be like, this is so cool. I met freaking Gene Hoagland. Yeah. Yeah. So she she met Gene Hoagland. Well, we all met Gene Hoagland and Chuck Billy uh, that day, and then we went across to there was a like a pizza and beer place right across the way. Mm-hmm. So we went over there, and uh, Paulo and Eloy from Sepultura came came walking in, and I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> like I kind of don't want to go bother them, so. I, told the uh, server i was like hey will you send them whatever beer they're drinking send them right i'm gonna buy them a beer and she's like oh that's cool like i don't know who they are but that's you know that's nice and then after they got their beers i went up and went over and i was just like hey thanks you know you guys are so nice you know like 
dig the music, really enjoy. And Eloy is like a yeah, he's a monster, dude. He is a beast on the kit. Yeah. Uh, and they took photos too, which was really cool. That's awesome. So that was a cool experience. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, I like it when when they're all like, yeah, that's cool. Like, let's talk. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think when you're kind of into the bands that we're into, they're not playing arenas every night, you know? Or sometimes they'll get on a, a package or something where maybe they are, but, like, for the most part, they're playing, like, the like like you know, theaters or large music halls or something or even concert clubs. And, uh, you know, I think at that point you're still kind of maybe – well, I don't, I don't want to like paint with a broad brush here, but I think they just, they're very grateful in general for the most part, you know? Yeah. When they're not so huge and even when they are huge, I'm sure they're grateful, but it's just, it's easier when they're playing in smaller places and you, you can see them around the bus or you see them out at a restaurant or whatever. And like, that's cool, man. I know if it were me and like, I go to the, pub for dinner uh, across the street from the venue and like if someone were to recognize me or something of course we're nobody in the grand scheme but like i i can tell you right now if someone's like oh man uh, i love you know the song while we set what an album or whatever it's so cool and shake hands and like that would be awesome for me you know I, that'd be awesome so i i can't imagine that would change anytime soon if i were to be on the level of fucking sepultura and testament <laughs> right well and that's you know, I think a lot of bands, um, if you're going to have the longevity, you have to have that appreciation, right? If, if you don't, it's you're going to, one, get burnt out, you know, like, God, don't talk to me. And yeah. it's going to come through on the music, or even if it doesn't come through on the music. Maybe on, maybe on the live performance. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, I think the cool thing. I saw Slayer. I don't know, five or six times on their like 10 years of final tour. Um, yeah, yeah. And every time at the end of the night, Tom was just like, I just want to stay here and take this in. Get yeah. Me, be up there for a few minutes. Just like, thank you. And yeah. I mean, even James Hetfield did that at Ford field, you know, he, he made sure to, there was, I think there was a couple instances where he just said, you know, we are so happy to still be doing this. We don't take this for granted. And uh, I was just like, yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah. That's so cool. And they're huge. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'd really like to be at that show. It was, I was going to go, I was going to do Detroit and St. Louis. Yeah. For the Metallica shows. And that's, it, I got some other things in the works and that didn't pan out, but. Yeah. It was uh, my first time seeing Metallica, even though I've been a fan of theirs since I was, you know, a young teenager. And uh, it was incredible. It was life changing and it was awesome, man. They opened with Creeping Death, <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> was that uh, Pantera Night? Pantera Night, yeah. Creeping Death. I forgot what they opened with on Second Night. That's right. Yeah, I was looking at the set lists and I feel like Creeping Death when Pantera played was something they had to open with because it was like they're we don't want them to, to crush us, you know. You just followed Pantera, like you gotta 
bring the fire. Yeah. 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 With, you know, with Charlie Benante and, uh, <clears throat> and Zach wild. I don't care what anyone says. Like. It, I, it was, it was awesome, dude. Yeah. I mean, obviously we all love and miss, you know, Vinny and dime, obviously, but yeah. like, I don't know if they could have got two guys who were better for the job. I you know agree. what I mean? Yeah. Charlie is a monster. He is playing Vinny's parts perfectly. And Zach, you know, obviously Zach's got his own style, but he, he, he knows those guys so well. Like they were, I mean, they were almost brothers. You know, Zach was almost literally like a brother to those guys. It, it couldn't have been a better person for, for that job. And of course, right. they killed. They they crushed it, man. It sounded awesome. It sounded great. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I like I I've seen I saw Pantera twice this last year, and oh. both times. Well, the first time I was one of the reasons that I decided I need a stint of sobriety. Uh, ah. I remember the uh, Snafu opened the show, so it was like oh. Snafu, then Lamb of God, then Pantera. Mm-hmm. And I remember the snafu set and I was having a good time singing along, yelling. And then I don't remember Lamb of God or Pantera taking the stage. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Oh, it was, it was terrible. Um, ah. I remember the last like two songs of the Pantera set. Yeah. I went with, uh, I went with Dion. Okay. Uh, and Brandon Fleck. We, uh, yeah. we were in Indianapolis and I'd, Apparently at some point during the night, I was like, I'll be right back. I'm going to the bathroom. And I never came back. <laughs> Did you find a spot to kind of rest your eyes? No, no, I was awake. Uh, I, what I think happened is I went to the bathroom and then I came out and I was like, oh, tacos and water. Cause I'm pretty messed up right now. Yeah. So I got, I got tacos and water and I was sitting on the ground outside of the bathroom. Just eating tacos. Some tacos and drinking some water <laughs> yeah they come up and i this is the first thing i remember is they're like hey dude are you okay i'm just like uh-huh yeah. <laughs> oh, like i'm fine and then i was i was pretty sober before we got back to the hotel oh that's good yeah <laughs> i was like ah, oh, can't believe i forgot and then the, the next time i saw them saw pantera it was uh it was emotional yeah, yeah, and then they—I don't know if they did it uh, when you saw them, but they had these videos playing. Yeah, uh, just like the old videos, and God, I was like, oh. And they like what they did was they were playing the intro to Cemetery Gates, showing all these old videos, and uh, where Cemetery Gates would normally kick in, they what did they go into? Five minutes alone or something instead, and it was just it was awesome because of a powerful song i mean a lot of powerful songs it's, yeah. it's what they do but yeah it was cool that was a cool thing that's cool i uh where did i see him i saw it well the time i remember last year was at louder than life yeah. and i i i didn't want to get super close to the stage i just wanted to stay sit back and enjoy it and there was yeah uh, there was this group of people right in front of me and i was just standing there alone watching them and this guy turned around and looked at me and, and we're both singing along and he just gave me this big old bear hug. And I was like, Oh yeah, man. 
this is what music's about. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. There was, uh, I, there was a little bit of that too, even at Ford field, you know, uh, I just remember kind of looking around and like, there's a lot of people just singing and like there's some high fives, you know, yeah. it was, you know, just like, you know, right. it's cool. That's awesome. I like, you know, I like that, that we can still have that today, even though, you know, the brothers aren't with us. Um, mm-hmm. I took on one of those final Slayer dates, uh, probably the, it was the last time I saw him. I took my daughter. Yeah. And it was uh, Phil Anselmo and the Illegals doing Vulgar. Yeah. Uh, Ministry, Primus, and then Slayer. Primus is kind of the odd man out, but. A little bit. Yeah. It was a, it was a great show. All the bands crushed. And my yeah. daughter, I was never more proud. They did walk. And when they got off stage, I took her to the bathroom and the whole way she's singing walk. <laughs> That's awesome. Like, dude. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's cool. She's uh she's a lucky kid. She, I, I don't think she realizes it quite yet. Or maybe she does now because she's 17, but it's she's seen Super Joint, Testament, right? And she's yeah. met a lot yeah. of these people. Um, yeah. We went to see Super Joint with Child Bite. Actually, I just saw the poster earlier. It was Child Bite and Battlecross. Yeah. And it, there was me and a firefighter. We were throwing my throwing her up on our shoulders. Well, yeah. I throw up on mine and security come over and be like, she can't be on your shoulders. Okay. I'd set her down. She'd go over to him. He'd throw her on her shoulders. And, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Bauer, while, while he was playing, she's on her shoulders. He reaches out and give her some knuckles. We took a picture and that's awesome. I'm like, kid, you don't even know how cool that is. Yeah. That's pretty freaking cool. You know? Yeah. That's that's the beauty of of live music. Hell yeah! We should get some uh, ISD Christmas shows going on since we don't have Battlecross. I mean, that could be a lot of fun, you know. Do do something a little out of the ordinary for the set. Get a bunch of great bands on board. Just have a party. Yeah, big. Get Santa big there. Yeah, oh, I know a good Santa too. Do you? Who, Huron? I do. <laughs> Dude, that would be awesome. Come on, Huron. Yeah, come on, do it, Huron. Uh, oh. There's actually a, a guy here. I'll I'll send you a picture later. Um, okay. He's called, he calls himself my local Santa. Uh, yeah. Dude, he is probably one of the best Santas I've ever seen. Just That's wild. Cool. Yeah. It's, so it's like, you know, the real beard and hair he's, and everything. And, yeah. yeah. He's and legit. Round circular glasses. Mm, I have to think. <laughs> I feel like, yeah. Probably. Or at least he's got some prop ones anyway. Yeah. That's yeah. funny. It's, uh, and he does, like, he is all out in the Christmas season. He is Santa. Like, I feel like he wakes up in the morning going, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Checks his list. Yeah. Yeah. Checks it twice. Yeah, I got you. Um, yeah, he's good. So, what um, what does the band have planned 
this year aside from finishing and releasing the album? Well, right now, nothing really concrete. Um, we've been talking to uh, some friends of ours in the band Illusion of Fate. They're a black metal band based out of Wisconsin, but their drummer, Austin. Austin is Vicker. Austin Vickers, yes. He's from here. I've known him for years. Um, uh, we were actually going to try to get on. They were going to do a little regional run, and we were going to try to get on it, but we weren't able to. But they are going to do a show at the Sanctuary in April, and uh, there's talks that we might play that show with them. It's not confirmed yet, but, I mean, we're, like, ready to do it. Um, other than that, we don't have anything else planned because we're – we're just trying to get this album done. And um, I mean, not that we are incapable of playing a show while in recording mode, but, you know, we got some pretty, you know, we, we want to get, we want to get represented by a label, like a decent label. We're trying to really get back fully into the machine, get, get on tour, get on a package, play some festivals and all this stuff. It's, it's stuff that we're capable of doing. And and really, maybe should have tried harder with uh, the last album. But shit, it had already been six years since our last album, since the album before that, since Triumphia came out. And so when we were releasing the album, always set. I had a couple conversations going with a couple of smaller labels, um, but they they it turned out they weren't interested. Um, and I think now that it's only been a couple of years since uh, our last album came out, and we're very clearly active. I think we're gonna have a lot better luck getting getting signed to a label that you know, or getting signed with a booking agent or a manager, whatever the case might be. That's basically our next goal is to find a way to get some really good representation and and get out there much more often, and you know, actually attempt to build this thing up in a way to where we could do it for a living. That's the goal. So that's what we're working on. Okay. And and we're all old as fuck. I'm the youngest one at 41 years old. Uh, so we understand, you know, we we got some challenges ahead of us, but it doesn't mean it's impossible and, it, and it's going to happen. And, you know, whichever label decides to sign us, it's, they're going to find out that it's going to fucking pay off. You know. Well, I'm a little jaded. <laughs> I'm I'm really not big on labels. I think um I, I understand think, that. Completely. You know, from a band's perspective, um there are there's there are ways to go about it where you can put your own stuff out, you can mm-hmm. get your you you can get PR, you can do everything and, and, and we we've got PR, you know, like we've got a guy that does PR. We we don't really have a manager, it's really just kind of me, but you know, it's, it's a, there, and I, I know where you're going with what you're saying, and I don't disagree at all. I think it's just at this point, we know our music is good enough for the right person. If the right person hears it, and yes, the labels, they want to make their money, and that, you know, affects us directly because they're going to take it from us, understandably. But we're looking for the right match too like you got resources as in you got booking agents that you work with that that will take us on immediately and get us booked you know you you've got you know you know man managers that can get us going they can help us out like i mean obviously a lot of this is on us to begin with 
you know, like a booking agent or a manager or whatever, this could all, if we can get that wrapped up before getting with a label, obviously that makes us look good. It's a fucking mess. And it's kind of what, that's, that's what we're going to tackle next. Obviously we want to play shows. We'll always play shows or whatever. That's going to happen. And we'll try to book something ourselves, maybe use a, a regional run or whatever, but like, I, I, we've been trying to sure. do it ourselves and I don't know, maybe it's just time that we, we really try to get some representation. Yeah. I might suggest just starting with a booking agent, mm -hmm. you know, find, find someone who's got some connections that, cause I absolutely agree. The music is not just good enough. Mm -hmm. right? I feel like it's better than just good enough. Um, Thank you. You know, it it's really just, it's tremendous. Um, find you a booking agent that believes in you, right? Mm -hmm. um, call the Dream Theater, dude. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, yeah. They're, booking, they're booking fucking arenas, but yeah. Well, <laughs> I would love to. Whether they're booking arenas or not, you know, get their booking agent. Maybe they yeah. can get you on that out tour. But the, you know, well, the... I mean, I would lose my mind, Tom. Every it night, dude. Me, you you know you remember the Key and Peele skit where they talk about Liam Neeson? No. You know they go, oh well, it's hilarious. But basically, this would be my actual reaction if we got on tour with Dream Theater. I'd be like, oh no, no, no way! <laughs> I would lose my fucking mind. That's awesome. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, I think you're well on your way. Just got to keep plugging away at it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. There's a certain part of hustle that I think we just got to really attack it. Yeah. Uh, so eight songs, you're thinking you're going to have a couple of, uh, like, not make the cut. Correct. Do you have plans to all, maybe release a single and use those as a B-side? Something like that, or maybe we do like uh, a little EP, a little later, maybe a you know a year or so later, you do the EP, which has like a couple of live versions of some songs, and then the the two previously unreleased songs, you know, some shit like that. Um, we don't really have a game plan yet for it, but these are all the general ideas. Yeah. Uh, either like a single with a B-side or, you know. Yeah, I always, I always loved buying the singles, like the Nirvana singles especially. They always had one of the B-sides on them. Yeah. So it'd be cool to kind of do something like that, but I don't know if that's even really a thing if people buy singles anymore. I, I don't they know. absolutely is. Um, actually, uh, more... oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Go I've ahead. probably got three or 400 singles over there right now. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Do they all do they have like B sides on them? Uh, yeah, they've all got a B side, but it's not all like. Uh, some of them were just released as singles. You won't find them anywhere else. Oh, okay. I've got. I've a, heard fans doing that, like just yeah. releasing it on vinyl or whatever. I've got a Frank Zappa "Don't Eat the Yellow Snow" vinyl. That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I've got a Ron Jeremy one too. Ron Jeremy. Yeah. Why? <laughs> Just to say you have it? Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh it was like it was a record store day release and I was there. I think it was like five 
five or seven bucks. And I was like, yeah, I'll get it. Cause it's Ron Jeremy. And yeah. then all the shit came out where I think he's in a mental hospital right now. Really? Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, he got arrested for sexual assault. Um, did not know that. Yeah. He, it, he looked pretty bad the last photos I seen of him, but it was like, yeah, I don't know. Like, the hell of a living, I guess. Well, when that's all you do, right? Like, yeah. wake up, <laughs> have sex, you know? Yeah. Every day. What? My porking tonight. <laughs> yeah. Who's my fluffer today? That's the question. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, uh, good times. So, yeah. uh, well, I was saying, like, a lot of bands, I've got a guy who manages, or a buddy of mine who manages some uh, much bigger artists, uh, more in, like, the pop world. Mm-hmm. And that's what they do is they just release singles, single, 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 single. And then after so many singles, they'll put an album out. I mean, we're talking like big, like big pop stars type type stuff. Is that just what they do now? Uh, I mean, I don't know about like super, super big, but there we're, we're talking like they do million dollar signing bonuses and shit i mean yeah i i've heard that before that like the move is to just do singles um and i've seen some bands do that and stuff but like dude i don't know if i am i I I don't mind releasing a single sure but there's gonna be an album because that's that's the art piece is the album it's it's a whole cohesive thing um you know, and I, I know my girl Taylor Swift, she still does albums. Check this out. You see it? Yeah, I do. Taylor Swift, dude. No, actually this oh yeah, this these were bought as a joke and I happen to just still have one. <laughs> Whatever. I yeah, you know, I've I've got a lot of respect for her. I'm the respect for her, dude. Like she's she's out there doing it. Um what was it? She was at Nissan Stadium in Nashville. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they were they were trying to cancel the show, and she was out there till what one or two in the morning, pouring rain, like singing. Oh, to, yeah. Okay. Like, well, good. Those people paid all that money. She's you know she's there. Let's just do it. Who cares? It's just water. Yeah. Oh, she. That's awesome. I got. I've got a lot of respect for any artist who's gonna you know do that to to please the fans, and then. Right. Aside from that, um, what was one of the last shows she did on this big tour? She donated to some food pantry and they said it it fed uh, it was 500,000 meals or over 500,000 meals. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And, and then you hear about her giving all like the like the truck drivers and shit like that. We're hauling all of our gear and stuff, and hundred thousand dollar bonuses and stuff. Huge bonuses, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, that's the way to do it, man. I mean, God, those people work so hard, and you are making so much money. Like, what's what's the harm in sharing the wealth a little bit with the people that are supporting you? Yeah, well, I think that's awesome. That's it. It's just like you know, you you show the appreciation, and it's. 
they're going to come back and work for you so much harder. And even if they, even if they don't, it's a really good experience for everyone at that point. Yeah, exactly. Right. You did your job. You did really well. Here's a bonus. Oh, well, hell yeah. And that's a big bonus. Yeah. That's a big bonus for, for us regulars. So yeah, I think it's a big bonus for anyone really. Yeah. Oh, I think it was what a hundred thousand dollars per head, something like that. That's twice on top of their regular pay. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's two times the average, you know, like yeah. wage across the country. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah, it's so crazy. Um, well, let's see. When do you plan on having everything done with the album? I think we're going to be done recording probably by the end of February. I know we're getting together. Our next session is, is going to be in February. We just all have stuff going on all the rest of the month. So we're getting together in February to start working on vocals. It'll likely two sessions and then it's mix time. Um, so, I mean, we could have um, a recorded finished product mixed, mastered and everything probably shit end of spring i would say it would be ready i don't know if we're when we're releasing it though because like of all the other stuff that i was talking about earlier um but we'll have we'll be ready to go pretty quickly here i, I would imagine hell yeah that's cool gosh you're only a couple hell months yeah. away it's crazy it's crazy it is i mean we used to be everything was a snail's pace for us so before um not this one. And I love it. Well, you, you know, there's, you have to have a balance, right? Sometimes you're like, we're ready to go. And sometimes you're like, okay, we got to stand back and, and really hone it in a little better. Uh, Keith Wampler from the convalescence was just talking, you know, he's typically there. They've been pretty ready when they go in the studio and they go in the studio and they knock it out pretty quick. And yeah, the I don't remember who the last person that produced was, but the last person that produced, he said they went in there thinking they were ready and dude kind of tore some things apart and gave them some ideas. And they're like, man, it took us a lot longer, but we are so, so much more pleased with the product. Is that their most recent album? Yeah. Harvester of Flesh and Blood or Flesh and Bone. That's pretty metal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um he's a good dude, super nice. Uh so is your your next show is in April, is that right? Yeah, uh not confirmed yet. But yeah, uh, we're looking at the sanctuary in Hamtramck. Uh I want to say it's going to be the 21st. I don't remember off the top of my head. Um we'll see. Okay. Well, let's uh I Love to see you guys out playing some more. Yeah. No, we, we're we're wanting to for sure. I know that like uh Pat especially, uh if we if we're not if we don't have a show or something coming up, he'll get he'll get like really like, come on, let's what, what are we doing? Let's we gotta fuck a show. <laughs> Which Hell yeah. I agree. I agree. <laughs> but yeah, right now it's just you know, we're just in album recording mode and just haven't uh, tried to book anything yet. No, uh, we'll we'll try and I'll try and hook you up with some people down here. I'm in. We're down. 
try and get you guys down here with finality. I think that'd be a really cool little weekend run for you guys. Uh, we would love it. I mean, we love those guys. Obviously, Tony's like one of my best friends at this point, you know, and Joe is obviously just a great dude. I've known him for years now. And, and again, Dan, shit, I've known Dan since his as they sleep days, you know. Uh, so it's just, it's just really cool to work with those guys. Oh, and fucking Mike, dude. I, Mellotron played his like 30th birthday show forever ago at the Token. Forever ago. I think the pole was still there. <laughs> oh, that's so, funny. I mean, I, I've known those guys forever. We've all known those guys forever. And I just, I would love to do that. It'd be incredible. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, probably, I'm not going to say it on the recording, but we'll, <laughs> I, we'll I, talk I, off air. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a plan. Um, all right. I think I want to check my notes because I was doing some research trying to make sure I knew what the hell I was talking about. Yeah. Uh, when did when did you record live at the token? It was originally recorded in 2015 when we were on tour with Fate's Warning. And um, yeah, that show was like in the middle of the tour. And we knew there was going to be a lot of people there. And we knew a lot of our people were going to be there. So I had Nick, who uh, Nick Hagen, who is who did our last album, is doing our, new, our current one. I had him bring his computer, and he hooked right into the board and, and fired up Pro Tools and recorded it. Um, he worked on it then, and uh, but we just never really did anything with it. And I remembered uh, that he had it. And I was like, dude can you work on it again? And we want to put it out. And, you know, that's, that's how it finally happened. Seven years later, after recording it. <laughs> At least it got released. Oh, yeah, man. That's awesome. Um, do you... I don't remember what I was going to say. I've been going <laughs> since... I've been going since four o'clock this morning. I'm like, uh... That's when I went to bed, man. Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't do very often, but yeah, Tony was over and we were watching football and had a couple beers and we we're talking about life and then had a couple more beers and we were listening to heavy metal very loudly in my living room till 4 a.m. All right. That's a good time. <laughs> yeah. What album, like, what heavy metal did you listen to last night? Fear Factory, Testament, Slayer. I put on some Dream Theater for him, um, uh, some Primus, um, all kinds of stuff. Uh, Dio, Black Sabbath, um, some Deep Purple, <laughs> Snot. Yeah, was a lot of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, Snot. I've, I just got a. It was a uh, Joshua Toomey had a had an interview with um one of the guys from snot and i was like "Ooh, i'm gonna go back and listen to that man that was such a crazy like yeah they were crazy dude lynn 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 straight right yep yeah he was wild <laughs> yeah 
they said uh one, i think one of the stories was he always like had this little 38 that he carried inside this tackle box that had a uh, bunch of different drugs in it <laughs> like jeez i mean i say that i probably get it wrong but whatever uh wild uh yeah. all right tony i'm not going to keep you uh it's honestly dinner time for me um cool man <laughs> my cat's over here like feed me seymour yeah. <laughs> uh so i greatly appreciate you um yeah. you know taking time out of your sunday to uh hang out and chat with me about the band and and what the future holds and i'm uh i'm looking forward to seeing you guys play some national and international shows thank you bro i appreciate that i appreciate you uh having me on and you know all the compliments and just being a cool dude so thanks man i appreciate sure. it a lot thanks dude i appreciate that uh well have a great night um you guys all go check out uh imminent sonic destruction they're fucking fantastic you will not be disappointed thanks, cool bro. <laughs> see you dude